Hello, friends in an alternate future. Thanks for starting with Mystery County from the very beginning. Just an FYI, the original audio quality for this episode was so incredibly bad that we went back and re-recorded the entire thing word for word. I know, but there are so many things that the cast improvised in this episode that build the world and pay off over the course of the season, we didn't want to just ice it. So consider this like the pilot episode, and make sure to check out episode 2 and beyond for the full Mystery County Monster Hunters Club experience. With all that being said, enjoy the episode, and welcome to Mystery County, where our missing person numbers keep getting better. Welcome to the year 2005 in the spookiest county in the 51st state, Mystery County Superior. This is Mystery County Monster Hunters Club, an actual play podcast where we'll be using the Monster of the Week role-playing game to help us tell the story of four high schoolers and one very unconventional janitor in a town where things are constantly getting very weird. So let's go ahead and introduce ourselves and the characters we'll be playing. Claire, will you start us out? I am Claire Linick. I play Susan Wexler. I'm the expert, and Susan is a professional monster hunter, and she's heard a lot of activities going on here, especially a Mothman attack. So she's kind of infiltrated herself into the town and uh, really just into this group to try to see what's going on. She's taken an undercover job as a janitor. And we'll go from there to the most recent victim of the Mothman, Jeff Murdoch. Hi, I'm Jeff Murdoch, and my character is Adam Miller from the playbook The Monstrous. One night, he got attacked by the Mothman out in the forest after a hazardous car crash during his driving class. The Mothman laid eggs in my belly, and I've been able to use the power of the Mothman ever since. And of course, the driver of that fateful crash that night was none other than our next character, played by Aaron Rain. Aaron, will you introduce your character? Hi, I'm Erin Rain, and I'm playing Crashly Grenadine Girl Detective from the Flake Playbook. I like to figure things out. <laughs> we'll move over to Crashly's best friend, who is played by Rashawn Scott. Yes, hello, I'm Rashawn Scott, and I'm playing Shamanda Felt from the Crooked Playbook. Uh, my character recently moved to Mystery County from the Pacific Northwest, and Crashly is my god cousin, and uh, I work at Coldstone. I love photography and bands that you guys have never heard of before. And finally, we'll move over to everybody's favorite orphan, played by Alan Linick. <laughs> I don't know about that. Well, you're definitely everybody's favorite. So you want to introduce your character? Uh, hey, I'm Alan Linick. I'll be playing CEJ. CEJ is a mundane, ordinary, everyday high schooler whose parents have vanished. Um, now I'm stuck living in my aunt's dumb house. Be way cooler if she let me do half the stuff she lets my cousin Adam do. Hey, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> She's just, like, super worried about me all the time. It's just like, ugh. And I, of course, am the keeper of these mysteries and monsters, Tyler Samples. With that, let's jump off into the very first official mystery. So, we open on a Coldstone Creamery. Shamanda, you're there, you're the shift manager, and you are managing. Who else of these hunters are with you right now? Um, uh, Adam is definitely here. He gets the German chocolate cake in the gotta-have-it size. Thank you so much. I'll pay you next time when I have money. Oh, come on, man. You got to at least tip to make it look like you're kind of doing something. I don't want to tip my friends. That would be weird. 
No, it, uh, dude, that's that's pretty rude, man. At one point in your life, you're definitely going to be a waiter. You should tip people. Fine, okay, I'll tip. I'm sorry. Now, as you guys are talking about that, a small group of school-aged boys walk in. You know them from your school, which, if I remember correctly, is Queen Latifah's School for Gifted Girls. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's a co-ed school. <laughs> it's a new co-ed <laughs> school. It's not a magnet, but it's an overflow school. Uh, Mystery County has finally gotten big enough to have two high schools. It is, uh, as we established, Queen Latifah's School for Gifted Girls and also Regular Boys. <laughs> Pretty rude. <laughs> In walks a group of high school boys. Uh, they're upperclassmen. They walk in, and one of them, uh, a senior, is talking to another, and he's like, I'm telling you, man, it was the goonch. We all knew it. Or, uh, sorry, we all know it. It grabbed someone down at Palmerset Cove. Third time this year, it was the goonch. And another kid nudges him from the side and says, Shut up, dude. That was, Ali- uh, shut up, dude. That was Alicia's boyfriend, okay? Like, show some respect uh, as they walk up to you. Are they talking about Alicia? Yeah, uh, Alicia and Dylan were going out. I heard they used to hang out by the lake. But he's like 20, though. Yeah, he graduated like four years ago. It's insane. Barely graduated, too. He's as dumb as I am. <laughs> Not a gifted girl, I can tell you that. Hey, you guys want some samples? Yeah, of course I do. Sing me a song! Uh, <laughs> We're cheerful and we'll holler because we got a dollar. We're happy because we all are the Colston family. And you hear a ding-a-ling and in walks Alicia. Her face is stained with tears. Her mom is next to her and has her arm over her shoulder. Uh, Her mom says, okay, honey, we're just going to grab some, but then we have to file those reports with Cramo, okay? I'm just going to grab you a pint, all right? And Alicia's like, yeah, thanks, mom. And she just sort of bundles herself up in the corner of the cold stone. Um, I whip up a pint of ice cream that her mom wanted. And I also make her a special ice cream, which is like one of my famous Shamanda concoctions. When she gets it, (laughs) she gives you a sort of crestfallen face. But with a little like, I appreciate the sentiment, uh, a face like that. And she uh, gives you a little cheers with the ice cream as she tips it up to you before she takes a bite. As soon as Alicia takes a bite of it, she says, this was Dylan's favorite flavor. And she starts to cry and just like retreats completely back into herself. And her mom is just like, I just don't know what to do. Mrs. Alicia, so good to see you again. Yeah. uh, Alicia is actually not my last name, but yes, I I am Alicia's mom. Whoa. Sorry. What is your last name? Oh, um, uh, Murdoch. (laughs) Whoa, Alicia Murdoch? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go over here and I want to talk. Uh, I'm going to go over here and I, I want to walk towards Alicia. She's like a little ways away. Yeah. So you walk over to Alicia. She's sort of over here by herself. Have you ever talked to Alicia before? Uh, Yeah, like a couple of times. She's like way cooler than I was. So I wasn't really like allowed to be in her circle. <laughs> hey. Hey. Um, I'm sorry about what happened to Dylan. Uh, yeah, it's, nobody believes me, so it doesn't, I don't even know what to think anymore. I'll believe you. What happened? She looks around anxiously, and then she's like, it was the goonch. He's real? Yeah, it was exactly like everyone's always described, you know? A big mound of water, there was like something humped and evil underneath, and I swear I saw the pig nose and everything, all right? It grabbed him and pulled him under, and then they were both gone. 
Where was this at? Like exactly in the lake? It was at Palmerset Cove. Palmerset Cove. Yeah, and then I shouted. I even I tried to get in the water, but I was too scared. So I pulled back and I shouted, and he never showed up. Hey, I believe you. I think there's some stuff happening in this town. Finally, someone else agrees. Ma'am, we can't accept this coupon. Is it expired? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we'll cut now to the lair behind the janitor's closet. This is also in Queen Latifah's School for Gifted Girls. Susan Wexler, you're in your haven. You've finished cleaning, presumably vomit of some kind, and you have a down moment now in your lair. What are you doing? Um, I'm sitting on the step stool in the fake wall behind the janitor's closet where I keep all the books and other supplies of my lair. And I'm on this tiny step stool and I'm reaching for a book. And as you're doing that, sitting right beneath you, sitting crisscross applesauce on the ground is your apprentice, Crashly Grenadine. Crashly, what are you doing? I say, do you want me to get that for you? I'm kind of worried you're pretty old and can break a hip. I've told you so many times that I'm just in my 40s. It's fine. I got this. That's a danger zone. I'm telling you, after 40, your body starts to change, just like mine has at age 14. Crashly, I have begged you, please not to speak to me about that. (laughs) Well, okay, I'll find someone to talk to about it. Don't worry. At that moment, you guys hear the familiar sound of the door to this lair opening up. Susan has rigged a space behind the janitor's closet. Um, How do you access from the janitor's closet to this larger haven area? Yeah, uh, you you have to pick up a bottle of Windex, and that triggers for the door to like <laughs> fall away. And there's also some magical spells, but anyone that has been in here just can pick up the Windex. <laughs> Great. So the door to the lair opens up, and we see three individuals enter the lair. We see Adam Miller, and we see his cousin, C.E.J., who, if um, we had been at the Cold Stone, we would have seen him standing out in the parking lot with his arms crossed, just giving death daggers with his eyes to the Cold Stone Creamery, uh, since he's not allowed to work at it. C.E.J., you're leading this trio into the space. What do you say? Hey. Another flowery introduction. Good to see you again, CEJ. Here's my shift ice cream. Uh, and I take out, uh, I'm wearing my Walkman, and I've got those headphones that uh, instead of going over your head, they wrap around the back. Nice. <laughs> they like rest uh, on top of your ears, so I lift them up, and I cock them sideways on my head, and I go, huh? <laughs> and then Shamanda hands you her shift ice cream. So the three of you continue on into the Haven, and you see Susan and Crashlin. Uh, you see Susan and Crashly going on in the library. Big news, everyone. We got a goonch sighting. The goonch? Oh, yeah. The goonch. And it's real this time. I know it. I know it. Oh, I heard about that. Are you talking about the sighting at old Danerville's pumpkin patch? No. Palmerset Cove. Oh, this one's news to me. (laughs) Is this related to the disappearance of Dylan? What's-his-his-name? Yeah, he used to date Alicia Murdoch. She came into the cold stone and could not stop crying. Her mom was there too, and she was very upset. And she used an old coupon. It was hilarious. <laughs> she had to pay full price. <laughs> I wanted to talk to you kids about this. If someone four or five years older than you approaches you for a date, you have to say no. But what but if, what if she's cute? <laughs> yeah. Wait, why? First of all, absolutely not. Second of all, the gooch. I have been reading about this all night, and I had to do some quick translations, but uh, it seems like the gooch feeds off lust. Off lust? Oh my gosh. 
I think maybe Adam, you should be safe, but I'm worried about everyone else. <laughs> oh, I disagree. I'm pretty sure that the uh, tissue box in Adam's room is going to have a pretty quick run in with the gooch. Dude, shut up. Ew. <laughs> Come on, you guys. Oh. I punch CEJ hard. <laughs> okay. Uh, roll to kick some ass. So this will be our first roll of the game. So you're going to roll and add tough. Okay. It's a nine. All right, a nine. So that is a mixed success. So the way that that works on any success, you and whatever you're fighting inflict harm on each other. So CEJ, Adam Miller pounds his fist into you. You are going to take one harm as he takes just a solid bruising hit to you. But you do manage to return in kind to him. Uh, how do you hurt him? Um, it uh, With my words. <laughs> what is it that you say to him that cuts him so deeply? Uh, I say, I say, just like a monster to lash out. Oh, wow. Wow. So you each take one harm. But not everyone Ouch. here knows he's a Mothman thing, right? I was going to say, uh, yeah, that's correct. I believe both Shamanda and Crashly don't know that Adam Miller is part Mothman. Why did you just call him a monster? Because he's stupid. That's strong <laughs> language. And I'm not allowed to say that word in my house. You can't say monster in your house? I can't say the S word. What's the... What? Stupid? Oh, stupid. <laughs> oh, come on. It's barely a cuss. We can't even watch The Simpsons at my house. Yeah. That's so lame. My mom lets me watch The Simpsons. She even lets me watch <laughs> South Park. <laughs> Cartman. Yeah, but she won't let me watch it. <laughs> Must suck, huh? Kids, please. We have to stay on track here. I'm trying to, but some people are being rude. And I gesture towards CEJ. <laughs> okay, well, if the uh, the monster thrives off of love, it makes a lot of sense because Valentine's Day is just around the corner, and there's going to be a lot of lust at school. Ah, uh, fall Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. In this county, we do Valentine's Day on a more cozy time, which makes more sense. <laughs> 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 yes. Oh so God. Queen Latifah School for Gifted Girls is a bit more Montessori in its in its styles. So the student body, um, yeah, I love it, has voted for a fall Valentine's that happens the week before homecoming in order to increase the number of dates that people have for actual homecoming. Yeah, it keeps the numbers high and the retention numbers are what we're after at Queen Latifah School for Gifted Girls. <laughs> you also, as you guys are talking about the attack at Palmerset Cove, you do know one other thing, and that is that Palmerset Cove is where the Fall Fisher Folk Festival takes place. So this is where a lot of fishermen and fisher folk come to test their mettle against the fish that inhabit Lake Mystery. So you are aware that this weekend is the time for that as well as the Fall Valentine's. So, Miss Wexler, you've been like, I don't know, tracking goon stuff or whatever? Of course I have. I've been reading all night. Really? Okay. So, what do you know besides the lust thing? Uh, they are obsessed with lust and here to just be a wall of water <laughs> <laughs> with a pink nose. Oh, and some have reported hearing a deep laugh before their death. Well, people haven't heard the laugh before others died. You know what I'm saying. Obviously, we haven't heard anything from the dead. And Susan Wexler, I think this is a perfect opportunity. Uh, why don't you go ahead and roll investigate a mystery? Okay. 
I rolled a six. Okay, so six is a fail. So what that means is two things. So uh, one, you're one-fifth of the way towards leveling up. Feel great about that. (laughs) And on a miss, (laughs) you reveal some information to the monster or whatever you're investigating. Oh. So I'm going to ask this given um, who you're speaking with. Susan, you're talking with these kids. uh, You're talking about lust and everything. And I think you inadvertently let slip how your last relationship ended. Well, uh, you know, I was just talking to my mom the other night and she was like, you have to stop reading those books or you're going to keep getting cheated on. And that's not something I want to talk to you kids about. But, you know, maybe next time. Whoa. I want to know how your mom knew she'd been cheated on. Just If you don't pay attention to the person you're with, they're going to find someone named Cecilia. And I hate to be the one to tell you that. Who's Cecilia? Shh. No, no, no. Uh-uh. That's a great question. It's mm. a great question. It's exactly what I asked when I found her name in the phone. Oh. Oh, no. See what you did? Now she's going to want to talk about this for like the next 45 minutes. And meanwhile, someone could get snatched up by the gooch. I'm sorry. I thought it had something to do with the gooch. Like, maybe that's the gooch's alias. Cecilia. <laughs> wait, wait. You guys are starting to talk like we're the ones who are going to go after the gooch or something. Uh, yeah. I think we should. Of course we are. That's literally our job. Uh, yeah, but, uh, hey guys, reality check for like one hot second. Um, I think something as big and powerful as like, I don't know, the gooch is a little above our pay grade. Um, I don't know if you knew this, but some of us aren't just regular kids. Not any names or anything. <laughs> For one, I am an adult. <laughs> yeah, she's an adult kid. And I get paid fourteen twenty-five an hour, so I could use a pay raise, okay? And I have an internet phone, and I've been using it to do research, and I found out that a goonch is just a big catfish that lives in the Indian subcontinent. So I think we just need a big net, and we're all going to be okay, right? Where are we supposed to get a giant net before 2.15 p.m.? Duh, the net store. Tom's net store downtown. Tom's nets. <laughs> Let's go, guys. Okay, so you guys make your way to Tom's nets. Uh, luckily, class ends a little early because, of course, it's the Fall Fisher Folk Festival, so everybody's mm-hmm. going to be there. Uh, you make your way to Tom's nets. It's right on the edge of town. It's about as close to the lake as you can get. It's actually built on a dock overlooking the lake and it's pretty close to Pomerset Cove. As you guys make your way into Tom's Nets, you hear the familiar dingling of the bell happening. But as you walk in, you see there are two figures that are in a close argument. They're not yelling, but you can feel just the hostility rolling off of them. You see two figures, one, a wealthy businessman in town whose name is Marcus Fermi's. He's there. He's wearing a very traditional like fisherman's vest, way too many pockets, clearly purchased at like Land's End, like a high-end fisherman's vest. And he's saying, um, I don't care what you say. The festival has to go on. It's a tradition in this town. It has to go on. It's one kid. Yes, I understand. It's a terrible, terrible tragedy. But truly, Ranger, these things happen all right. It shouldn't affect our festival. The festival is fine. And the other person is wearing very typical dark brown pants, green button-up shirt, and a flat, almost straw hat. Just a very stereotypical-looking park ranger. And he's saying, listen, I'm telling you, ever since that mudslide a couple of months ago, things have gotten weird around the cove, okay? I don't know what it is, and 
You need to give me time to investigate, all right? I can't promise that something dangerous isn't going to happen at the Fisher Folk Festival. Okay, we got to shut it down. And then um, Mr. Vermes responds and says, I'm telling you, it won't happen. This festival is a lifeblood of our town, all right? Haverford wouldn't be the same without the Fisher Folk Festival. I want to go talk to him. Uh, which one? To the fancy guy. <laughs> okay, so Crashly walks up to Marcus. Oh, uh... No, thank you. I don't need any Girl Scout cookies. Oh, I'm not selling anything, sir. I have a couple questions for you. My name is Crashly, Crashly Grenadine Girl Detective, and I'm doing an investigation on the Gooch. So my question for you is, why do you think that the importance of the Fisher Folk Festival for the Chamber of Commerce has anything to do with whether something dangerous will happen? I'm telling you, these... Look, there are... People go missing around here all of the time. It's a dangerous area, all right? We live in a rural area where there are attacks from animals, any sort of thing. And I heard he had been drinking. Excuse me for saying this, and I mean no disrespect, but one drunk college student home for the weekend? That's no reason to stop a festival that hundreds of fisher folk are going to be at from around the county. <laughs> for one thing, your information is faulty. He was not a college student. He was taking two gap years. Second, <laughs> people will be drinking at the Fisher Folk Festival. It's part of our culture. I myself was given a pony <laughs> bottle when I turned 12 at the Fisher Festival and allowed to nurse it throughout the evening. So I think you're mistaken if you think people will be protected. So it sounds like you're trying to manipulate someone to get them to do what you want. So mm -hmm. why don't you go ahead and roll manipulate someone, Crashly? So you are going to then roll plus charm. Okay. Can I help? Sure, you can help out. So if you're going to help out, uh, you will need to roll plus cool, and you'll need to explain how you are helping. Okay, I'm going to walk. I'm going to pop up like I don't even know Crashly, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's true. People get drunk at the Fisher Folk Festival all the time. It could be even more dangerous than you think. Great. Okay. Adam, roll plus cool, and Crashly, you roll plus charm. I got an eight. I got a six. Okay. Uh, Adam Miller, mark experience. Okay. And you expose yourself to trouble or danger without helping. So I'm going to resolve yours second. First and foremost, Crashly, you got an eight. So they'll do it, but only if you do something for them right now to show that you mean it. If you ask for too much, they'll tell you what, if anything, it'll take for them to do it. So uh, Marcus Vermi says, you want me to shut down this entire festival? <laughs> I don't know. That's quite a lot for one young man who made a mistake all of his own. I don't know that we need to all bear responsibility for that. You're doggone right I do. I want you to shut down the entire festival. And so that you know that I mean it, I will tell you one secret. Interesting. Yeah. Is this like a business Mrs. Secret? Wexler got cheated on. <laughs> Whoa. Oh. Okay, wow. Okay. Uh, hi, I'm Susan Wexler. This is... Uh, oh, hello. Um, my condolences on your relationship woes. You know, you know how it is. You let one little fact slip and everything you've ever told a child, and that's the one thing they hold on to. Listen, this Sorry, is... Sorry, Mrs. Wexler. Uh, look, Miss. I can postpone, maybe. <laughs> we could set it back, maybe, I don't know, a few hours? I think that would be smart. I do have a couple of questions before you decide. How deep is the water out there? Lake Mystery? I, I mean, most of it's probably three or four hundred feet deep. It's quite a deep lake. 
And are you in a new relationship? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I am happily married in my second marriage. Okay, then you do need to postpone this right away. There's some danger here. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I don't know what your connection is with Ranger along here or whatnot, but I'll give you two hours. Whoa, two hours. Listen, uh, Mr. Goobin slash. Vermes? What? My name is Vermes. Oh. My last name. <laughs> Got it. Uh, anyway, postponing for two hours? Well, let's just put it this way. What's worse for the reputation of the Fisher Festival? Postponing it for a couple weeks and making sure it goes off without a hitch and making everybody happy? Or rushing it right now while it's dangerous and then maybe something bad happens and then nobody ever wants to do the Fisher Folk Festival again because it's tainted. That's true. Think of all the drinking that usually happens. Think of all the fish that I'll never be able to eat. <laughs> and at this point, um, you see the <laughs> other fish folk, uh, fisher folk that are in town and are clearly purchasing their wares for the upcoming festival. They've all gathered around to see this conversation with Marcus, and a couple of them are shaking their heads. A couple of the old-timers are like, I'm not going to throw my life away just to catch a fish. You got to make sure it's safe. And it's disrespectful, all right? That that boy just vanished yesterday, all right? We should have a memorial or something. And some others are like, yeah, we should have a memorial. Yeah, a memorial instead. And uh, Vermes looks panicked and a little angry. And he holds his hand up and he says, oh, um, I think there was some confusion here. I was just talking with these children here. And? And, and woman. Uh, about holding a memorial, a memorial for the young boy Drake or whatever his name was. It, it was, was Dylan. 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 Well, Drake's still alive. <laughs> it was Dylan, and we don't even know for sure that he's dead. And if he is, I think I should have first pick over his Magic the Gathering card collection. <laughs> Well, fair enough. But to the point, we are postponing the festival by one day so that tonight we can have a memorial for our dear departed um, uh, Dylan. Did we find his body? We didn't. We didn't find his body, though. All they found uh, was his letterman jacket. Yeah. (laughs) And you know what? For a guy whose name is, like, incomprehensible, you seem to be struggling a lot with Dylan, which is a totally normal human name to have. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, and I I high-five Adam. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Vernies leans into UCEJ and he says, I'm not struggling to pronounce it okay. I'm struggling to remember it. He's a nobody like you. Whoa, did everyone hear that? He called my cousin a no one. (laughs) And that wounds me deeply. Oh, you know what, Alan? Okay, go ahead and uh, let's see here. I'm going to have you roll Act Under Pressure. Okay. Uh, what do I What do I add to that? So you are going to add cool to that. Oh, hell yeah. Um, I got a... I got a 12. Ooh. Ooh very Ooh. cool. So you do what you set out to do. So what this means uh, is that this means nothing to you. You see through this man. You have seen true pain in your life. You've experienced real tragedy. And the mean words of a wealthy, ego-bloated idiot, they mean nothing to you. Yeah, I just like, I I cock my eyebrow and I'm like, Mr. Voorhees, I just had to listen to all of By the Way by Red Hot Chili Peppers. So if you think you can hurt me, you are wrong. 
I want to look into this guy's eyes, and I want to cast Mental Dominion on him. (laughs) (laughs) All right, wonderful. So, Adam Miller, you are going to roll plus charm. Cool. This guy is our personal goonch. Our human goonch. Uh, I rolled a... That's an uh, an 11. All right. On on a 10 plus, Mm. you hold three. So that means you may spend a hold to give them an order. Regular people will follow your orders, whatever they are. Can I like hold on to these and use them whenever? Or do I have to use them like right now? (laughs) No, you can use them whenever until they're spent. So I've gone ahead and marked on your character sheet that you have three holds currently. And they don't have to be used against him? They do have to be used on him. So you can give him three different orders. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I want to tell him, cancel the festival until we find uh, Dylan. He turns, uh, oh, and then the rest of you can, so um, CEJ and Susan, you can immediately see what Adam is doing. You could almost call it like a moth to a flame, uh, excuse the pun, the way that Marcus Fermi's is suddenly drawn to Adam Miller's eyes. Moth to a flame. (laughs) It's almost too on the nose. So, uh, Crashly, all you and Shamanda see is that Adam, a guy who's normally pretty even-keeled, pretty even-going, just a regular kid, he suddenly gets very stern, very up close to Marcus. The body position is kind of awkward and in your way, so you can't quite see what's going on. You can't quite see what Susan and CEJ see. But you do see Marcus just stiffen up and go, of course, Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to postpone the festival indefinitely until this mystery surrounding Dylan's departure has been solved. I see the error in my ways. Thank you all for your patience. No refunds! And he turns and he hurries out the door. Uh, one second, Mr. Vermes. He stops rigidly, like one foot still in the air. He's paused, and then he puts his foot down, and he turns around, and he makes his way back to you like a little toy soldier. And then he stops in front of you and says... Yes. You were going to buy us the biggest net here. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, of course. Of course. So, yes. And he says, Tom, your biggest net, please. Put it on my tab for these intrepid children. And he gives a little head nod bow and he turns and he walks out the door. And you look over and Tom has a six foot collapsible net prepared at the counter. And he says, anything else you guys need? Adam, how did you do that? Adam, can I just say you're very hot right now? <gasps> wow. <laughs> Something about you taking advantage of that guy? I don't know. I just respect it. Thank you, Shamanda. You know what they say, dress for the job you want. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now you're in a flop sweat. Are you okay? I'm cool. <laughs> I go into my purse and I uh, just twist open a crystal Pepsi for Adam and hand it over. And I'm like, you got to restock, man. And uh, everybody, everybody, let's take a quick snack. And I hand out baby bottle pops for everybody. <laughs> baby bottle pop, baby bottle pop. Lick it and shake it. Yeah, you do that. And I'll say that uh, Susan's ministrations here, uh, both Adam and CEJ, you are going to go back to zero harm. Nice. As she fixes you up a little bit. Thanks, Miss Wexler. Um, and uh, Tom, we're sorry to have ignored your question. We're just sitting here thinking and talking. Uh, do you have any fish bait? Yeah, I got all kinds of fish bait. What do you need? Worms? Uh, shrimp? 
yeah, I'm trying to catch a really big, um, I'm looking for a trophy for above my mantle. How could I, what bait would I use to catch the biggest fish? Hmm. Biggest fish, you'd probably want to use some meat. Human toes, like dried <laughs> human toes. <laughs> <laughs> and the ranger who is still standing there looks askew at Crashly. That is a, uh, that's a garish description. The gooch eats people. I'm here to solve things. I'm here to figure this out. And he says, oh, oh, so you believe in the gooch, I see. Of course I believe in the gooch. Wait, 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 park ranger man, you don't believe in the gooch? Yeah, what about all your time out there? I don't know what to believe. All I know is things have gotten pretty weird out here, and I don't know what it is. I mean, uh, I'm not a man of, I wouldn't call myself a man of science, but I am a man of, you know, common sense, and I don't, I don't believe, well, there's just so many descriptions of what the goonch is. It's got to be an urban myth, right? I mean, some people say it's a wall of water. Others say it's a lust demon, some kind of pig fish. Um, it could be all of them. But what we can't do is just say it's not real. That's right. What I do know is that there was a mudslide about three months ago, and ever since then, we've had three different people go missing. A mudslide? Sounds fishy. Cat fishy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Thanks. <laughs> so if you don't have dried human toes, what kind of meat do you have? <laughs> I got crab. We could use crab meat. That usually goes well. It's a little exotic for the fishies around here, so they can take quite a liking to it. And then if you wanted to, you could add like bacon or beef or something if you wanted to get fancy. Uh, what about oysters? They're a natural aphrodisiac. I remember I read that once. Hey, that's true. I can confirm that, uh, says Tom with a little bit of a chuckle. Ew. Okay, we're kids. <laughs> Tom. Yikes, Tom. And then he panics and he's like, no, I, I was trying to make co- eye contact with Susan. Ew. Well, you missed, sir. Yeah, you didn't, though. You didn't God. do that. Ew. You just like touched your shoulder weird and looked at all of us. <laughs> okay, Tom, that's enough. We'll take some beef. <laughs> he scurries to the back. Uh, he comes back up with an assortment of fish baits, different meats and stuff. I also uh, I want to grab a map. Great. Yeah, you have a, an atlas of the area. And um, I elbow Adam and I say, let me some money. I don't have any money. Again, we are putting it on the tab, kids. I don't want there to be any follow-up questions here, but I might have some dry human toes. Oh. <laughs> and so now, Tyler, <laughs> can I try for per- Preparedness, preparedness. <laughs> should get better. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so for preparedness, you just need to roll plus sharp. Okay, I'm never going to be able to say that word right, but okay. Oh, oh shit! I got a, I got a two. Okay, very sharp, very nice. <laughs> On a miss, you know where it is, but it's somewhere real bad. So you know where to go to get the toes, but obviously where that is, you have, um, you have two options. You have the Morgan Town that you could go to, Feinstein's. The other option for where you could go to get human toes is there is a cache, like a cache, however you pronounce it, that's buried in the woods, but it is buried in a part of the woods right next to the ranger station. Okay. All right. Uh, Kids, now- So it's going to be up to you to explain to me why you buried a bunch of toes in the woods. (laughs) (laughs) That is up for me to keep as a little secret for now. Kids, I don't think this would ever come up, but it's truth time. I have buried some dry human toes. What? Are they Cecilia's? 
We are in the woods and right next to the park ranger station. So we're going to have to decide if that's really worth our time or if we want to go with the beef. And I don't want us to think about this too much, but it seems like we might do better with the toes. So, yeah. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> well, uh, I'm looking at the map and it's this mudslide kind of happened near the ranger station. So two birds, one stone. Whoa, wait, we're really doing this? Why not? I feel like this ranger guy just said that Gooch isn't even real. So, like, why don't we go with our backup idea, which someone really smart pitched. We just go to CC's Pizza and see what's playing at the AMC. CEJ, <laughs> come on, man. You're not being cool right now. I'm not being cool? Sorry if I don't want to spend the day chasing some made-up nonsense through the woods. This guy spends his whole life in the woods. He gets paid, like, <laughs> $15 an hour is something to like walk around all day. <laughs> yeah, and I don't want to go see Wedding Crashers for the 11th time, okay? I've been to the movies too much this month. <laughs> yeah. Vince Vaughn hasn't been funny since Swingers. Wow. Wow. Th- you sound just like a guy who hasn't seen Get Shorty. <laughs> His appeal can only last... His appeal can only last a few more years. Give it 10 to 15 years, and that guy's going to fall off. Yeah. Shamanda, you're so smart. The ranger oh. steps up, and he <laughs> says, listen, I don't really know what your angle is, but I appreciate you getting um, uh, the festival postponed. So I'm going to take advantage of this and kind of look into this stuff. But hey, just keep safe, okay? Stay away from the lake if you could. And real we quick. We will. Right, guys? <laughs> totally. Yeah. Wink. Park Ranger, you know, since we did go ahead and get the postponement and it kind of feels like a favor, how about a tour of the Park Ranger station for the kids for this week for like a extracurricular? Yeah, all right, sure. Yay! Yeah, we're always happy to have kids come on by. Shotgun! Actually, I was headed over to the station now, so uh, how'd you get here? Van. All right, yeah, <laughs> follow me. Uh, wait, are you driving? Are you the one in the Sherwin-Williams van? Is that what you guys are driving? Yes, that's us. Uh, which is CEJ's van in particular, I believe. And Ranger Long says, wow, you're lucky, kid. You you know that? Not many kids get a full-on Sherwin-Williams paint van to drive around in. Yeah, it comes with a territory when both of your parents disappeared as part of the 300 disappearances in Mystery County this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, his face falls completely. Okay, um... Uh, well, uh, I'll just take my truck and uh, you just follow? Sure. That way I can play my tunes. Uh, there are no seatbelts in the back. <laughs> he just kind of <laughs> nods and hops in the truck for you to follow. So uh, what tunes are you listening to, CEJ? Uh, so I'm uh, forcing everyone to sit through, by the way. <laughs> And the whole time I'm giving like commentary on the songs. So like by the time we hit the third track, I'm like, see, they like misinterpreted what made the mellowed out sounds of Californication so good. And they went overboard and they lost everything that made, you know, like, so what? And blood sugar sex magic so good. (laughs) Oh, look, we're here. (laughs) (laughs) You are there. And you see Ranger Byron along standing outside the station. And he says, well, welcome to the station. Yeah, this is uh, the Lake Mystery Ranger Station. I suppose we should do the tour now. Um, you wanted to tour the building, the facility. Is that right, Ms. Wexler? Oh, yeah. The grounds, the building, just all of it. There's just a lot of future park rangers here, I feel like. 
Hey, you don't have to tell me, all right? I was once a city kid, too, and then I discovered the joys of the outdoors. Well, uh, why don't you guys come in? I'll show you the rec room first. Oh, cool. Can't wait. And I hold on to Crash's arm to, like, <laughs> hang back with me. So the rest of you walk in, and Susan and Crashly sort of hang back, and you just hear the ranger saying, Oh, uh, over here we got a Coke machine. And... Ooh. <laughs> uh, I'm going to wander down to the lake. I'm going to give everyone like a sly wink and I'm going to say, don't worry, I'm going to check it out. And then I'm going to use my special move. Don't worry, I'm going to check it out. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So, CEJ, whenever you go off by yourself to check something out or investigate something scary, you mark experience. So go ahead and mark experience down and I will get back to you in just one moment. Uh, meanwhile, Susan and Crashly, you hang back as Adam and Shamanda walk into the facility. What are you two doing outside the station? What's up, Mrs. Wexler? We gotta go find that area with the box in it. Hope you're good at digging. Oh, I'm pretty good at digging. But also, if we have a couple minutes, I might be able to do a little, like, weird stuff to try to figure it out. Just turn around and don't worry about anything you might hear. <laughs> okay, I don't know why, but I always do this, but okay. <laughs> I'm gonna uh, channel my previous incarnations to try to discover information. Ooh, all right. So roll plus weird, Crashly. Okay. So an eight, I think. Hold on. Let me double check. No, a seven. All right. Well, a seven to a nine is a past life. Has a little bit of experience with this, so you get to ask me one question. Okay. And the questions you get to ask are, I don't know if you can see them on your sheet. I can. I can. Okay. So you can ask me one of those, any one of those questions. Um, I would like you to show me the way to an important hidden secret around here, please. Okay. So you see, uh, you flash back to a past life. You can see it's like the 70s and you're nearby. You're in the woods nearby and you're absolutely certain of the location to it. And you are experiencing yourself saying, no, 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 please, please don't. And you're like an older man. And over you with some garden shears is like a teenage Susan Wexler. <gasps> <laughs> and she reaches down, and you're screaming, and you cut back, and you know exactly how far the boxes of toes are oh. from your current location. Oh, okay. Mrs. Wexler, I'm going to have to ask you a couple questions on our way to the box, but I do know where it is. All right. No problem. Let's go. <laughs> Why did you cut men's toes off? And we'll cut over to CEJ. So, CEJ, you're walking down the rolling hills of the forest, and you pretty quickly make your way to the coast, the beach line of the lake. What you see there is a part here. It's further out. It's just out of sight of the Pomerset Cove, but there is a massive mudslide here, and you see what almost looks like just a dark hole that's just barely poking out from right at the edge of the water. Yeah. Um, like, I'm kicking the ground. I turn the volume on my Walkman up, and uh, as I approach the water and, like, kick at the edge i'm like it's like they gave up after can't stop and still needed seven more tracks <laughs> and as you walk you feel just a brief sensation of touch at your foot Ugh. and you look uh but you don't see anything there quite yet what do you do i look back over my shoulder towards the park ranger place um and in my head i'm like I should tell somebody, but that's beaten by the thought of like, wow, everyone's right there. If something happens, they'll be like right there. <laughs> and right at that moment, you look with horror as a six foot long catfish leaps forward in the water and grabs at your foot. Roll and act under pressure. 
Whoa, whoa, okay. Whoa. Uh, I rolled, uh, let's see, act under pressure. That is plus cool. That is plus cool. So I got a 10 total. Okay, so your arms are free and you can breathe, but I think you are being pulled into the water as your foot is sucked up into his mouth with the suction that the catfish <laughs> uses. And you are being pulled straight out into the water. So uh, what do you do? I scream for, <laughs> for... For some reason, this is the only name I scream for help, and it's because I believe deep down, um, I believe this is the only person who could ever save me. And I scream, Shamanda! <laughs> and my fingers are clawing into the mud, but it's slippery and there's no holds. So I'm just like leaving drag marks. Yeah. And then uh, my Walkman comes off and I start really panicking. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we cut over to Susan and Crashly are digging down. Susan, you're finishing your explanation to Crashly. And, you know, uh, that's kind of after the blackout. That's kind of the last thing I remember seeing uh, was just my own face in the mirror laughing. (laughs) (laughs) And you hear distantly in the background, Shamanda. That's CEJ. I would know his scream for Shamanda anywhere. We got to help him. (laughs) So we cut into the station and the ranger's like, so yeah, this is the office. Yeah, it's only a two room station. So pretty cool. Wait, so is the bathroom? You like you don't have a bathroom? Well, we have an outdoor bathroom. Is this the only outfit you guys get? I I mean this uniform isn't flattering. <laughs> You're telling me. We do get shorts in the summer, but that is a bad look. Wait, hold on. Shut your holes. Do you guys hear that? Shamanda. Ah! That's you, Shamanda. <laughs> that's uh <laughs> that's your name. That's the EJ. <laughs> we got to get out of here. Freaking ACEJ. And CEJ, <laughs> you are still rolling in the water. Your hands are free. You can breathe, but you can feel your leg getting yanked on, and you feel a second tug on your other leg. Oh, dang, both legs. <laughs> <laughs> and you are getting pulled into the water. The rest of you are running to the bank, and you see CEJ getting pulled into the lake. What do you do? Now, Tyler, does this count as being captured by a monster? It absolutely does. Whoa. Because I gain experience when horrible things happen to me. So uh, I'm going to gain another experience. All right. So let's see. Uh, Shamanda, you were called. So you are first up here. So you can see CEJ getting pulled into the water. You can't see what is pulling him in, but you can see that he is up to his chest in the water, wiggling his arms around, trying to keep his head above water as something is pulling him in. Uh, I take the net that we have and I, I tie one end to the porch, the cabin, and then I'm going to lasso like and I'd scoop him up out of the water. <laughs> All right. Great. Uh, so this would constitute, I'm going to say that this is an act under pressure. Okay. Four. Ooh. Okay. On a miss, things go to hell. So Uh-oh. what happens <laughs> is, so you get to make, uh, oh, also you get to mark experience. So you get one experience from that. What happens, you tie the net to the porch, you lasso it and throw it over. It goes, it lands and lassos awkwardly on CEJ. It is, though, it starts to constrict around his throat. Oh, Oh, no. So his head and, like, arm are caught in this thing, and he's getting yanked as the force of whatever it is that's pulling on him pulls even harder. And you can see his body is stretching as it's doing that, and it's cutting off his breath. And CEJ, you are going to take one harm. Great. 
as your breathing starts to get impacted and you can feel that it's like a chiropractic session gone wrong as you are just getting yanked and almost halved. Uh, and my eyes bug out at Shamanda like, what the fuck? And I just uh, managed to choke out. Stop helping. <laughs> can I read a bad situation to see what I can do to help? Yeah, go ahead. I got a 10. Okay, great. So you get to hold three. So you can spend each hold to ask a question. So you can ask three now or ask them as it goes. Your choice. Okay. What is the best way to save um, CEJ right now? The best way to protect him right now would be either to cut the rope holding the net would be most immediately it. And then I guess the other option would be to get whatever's holding him to disengage from him. Okay. Which you can see, it looks to be like a creature or something. Something is holding him. So you assume general pain or doing something to distract them would be enough to get him out. I'm going to shoot at it with my rifle. Oh, oh dang. <laughs> that is definitely a kick some ass. So go ahead and roll. Uh, actually... Go Crashly. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It's not even a roll. I mean, you've been taught to shoot, so it's going to be one harm to whatever's in the water. It's really two harm. Oh, two harm. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah. So you do two harm to whatever is in the water, and you feel, CEJ, one of your feet gets free. The tension on the rope slacks a little bit, and you are no longer currently being choked as you see blood start to well up in the water around you. Let's see what Susan is doing. Absolutely. So is the fish in sight out of the water at this point? Is there any part of it that's out of the water? So you can read a bad situation as well, and we'll see what you deduce. Okay. So I got a nine. Okay, great. So uh, you get to ask one question, and the questions are, what's the best way in? What's the best way out? Are there any dangers we haven't noticed? What's the biggest threat? What's most vulnerable to me? Or what's the best way to protect the victim? I guess I want to ask, like, what's the best way in? Like, should I be trying to do something like intimate kill of this monster? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, well, getting close would be good in terms of, like, freeing CEJ. Um, you saw that the distance attack that Crashly made is it had no reprisal to it. Like nothing is coming out and trying to attack her. So whatever, whatever is in the water is going to stay in the water. So if you want to keep yourself safe, staying out of the water and hitting it is going to help. If you want to get CEJ out, you're going to need to go into the water to get him out. Well, you know, I'm going to try to jump on that fish's back with my hunter gear. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Roll and act under pressure. Nine. Okay, so I'm going to give you a worse outcome, a hard choice, or a price to pay. So here is what it is. Uh, the worst outcome would be instead of jumping on its back, you jump on CEJ's back and add pressure, but you're safe on his back. The hard choice would be that you land on the back, but you, um, you slip under and fall into the water, so you go underwater briefly. Or the price to pay would be that you get on its back, but one of the other fish grabs your leg so that you lose some mobility. So do you want to be underwater, lose mobility, or increase the risk to see EJ, but be completely free? I'm going to lose some mobility. Okay. So you jump. Uh, Susan Wexler runs down the hill onto the beach, dives out, and lands onto the back of what Susan you now feel to be a six-foot, just 
enormous catfish. And as you grab onto it, you feel another enormous catfish leap forward and grab your leg like an oversized earthworm. And it just starts to pull on it. Mm-hmm. You have your hands free for the moment, but it is starting to pull on you as you wrestle it. But it looks like CEJ might be able to break himself free or at least make an attempt to. All of this is happening while still running down. We see Adam Miller. Adam Miller, what do you do in response to this situation? Uh, okay, so from my distance, can I see anything going on about, like, the fish? At this point, you see, when Susan jumps, you see coming out of the water an oversized catfish fish grabbing her leg. Okay. <laughs> okay I say, Goonch, you gotta fight monster with monster. <laughs> and I try to, like, uh, conceal it enough from everyone, but I dive into the water, and also, I do want to transform into my giant caterpillar. Okay, great. So, you do. Uh, you transform into your pupil state of Mothman, which is a giant caterpillar. And I'm immediately like, uh-oh, I just, I look like a giant, like, giant bait for the like, fish. <laughs> you do, yeah. And in fact, you see three more giant fish swimming right towards you, and you have only time for one thought before they engage with you. And what is that thought? Fuck. And with that, we will end the very first session of Mystery County Monster Hunters Club. Thanks so much for listening, Monster Hunters. If you enjoyed this, give us a rating on iTunes or tell your friends. It's a great way for us to get the word out about this new project that we're very excited about. Until next time, watch out for the goonch! What the fuck we're gonna do now? Yeah. How many many gooches are there? There's so many gooch. There's There's a gaggle of gooches. In the universe of Star Wall Odyssey, space is made out of the collective imaginations of all the thinking beings who live on various planets. These worlds are connected to each other through imagination. Common themes and ideas are strings between universes. And to get between them, people fly wooden ships that look like animals, which are powered by emotions. Also, people communicate with each other by contemplating orbs. The only way you can take pictures is getting stared at by a big psychic bug. And people have already declared victory in a war over the very concept of evil. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Starwall Odyssey follows the adventures of the hapless inhabitants of the Lucky Finn Tenement Building, who suddenly find that their apartment is actually a spaceship, and that they're lost in a sea of boundless imagination. It's an actual play starring me, James D'Amato, Mel D'Amato, Ali Grauer, and Drew Merzieski, as we playtest the No Kings system, which will hopefully one day be the Skyjacks role-playing system. It toes the line between weird and wonderful slice of life and high-flying space fantasy. You can sample the first five episodes by searching for Starwall Odyssey on your favorite podcast app, or get the whole thing by heading to patreon.com slash one-shot podcast and signing up for $5 a month or more.